Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running a record label. Thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for people who have been coming to our website, otherrecordlabels.com, and downloading the free resources that we have there. It's been so exciting to connect with a lot of you. I'm getting some DMs and some emails. Um, if, if you need some help with your label, um, some tools for you, visit otherrecordlabels.com to get those. Today is one of those episodes that I call Industry Insiders. So basically, don't talk to a label per se, but we talk to someone in the industry. Today is such a good episode. Trust me, you got to go through this one from the beginning to the end. Um, I talk with Jamie Coletta, who is a music publicist. And so today's topic is all about music publicity. Jamie owns a company called No Earbuds. She's a music publicist and she works on some great campaigns. And this is a really great episode. There is so much we talk about in here. And I know a lot of us have questions, especially as, as DIY artists or small indie labels. When it comes to music publicity, we ask questions like, when should we hire a music publicist? How do we know if we've reached that point where it's it's now time to hand over the baton to someone else to take care of publicity? How do we know if we can afford to spend that money? Um, how do you find a music publicist? Um, how do you measure your ROI when you've hired a music publicist? These are all questions we get into in this interview. I think you're gonna love it. Um, but listen, before we get into it, I wanna tell you something. Stay tuned to the very end. We have a special announcement that pertains to you and the podcast and other record labels as well as Jamie. So please enjoy this interview. Okay, what is, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I just, it's so great to chat with you and I admire your work. And I've, I've been following you now for a couple of, probably close to a year. And I've seen the artists that you're working and I see them get huge coverage. So it's looking like this has been a really great year for you. Yeah, um, thank you. It feels great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's, I, I try not to ever get to like, oh, wow, a lot of cool shit's happening for them. I try not to get too in my head for it because then I'll stop kind of pushing. But um, at the same time, it's like, yeah, they're, everybody's doing great. I don't know what it is that maybe it's just the time right now. Maybe it's the fact that I've been at this for so long sure. and people are finally listening to me. Like, I really, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm just grateful and. I'm going to keep acting like nobody's listening to my band yeah. so that I keep finding new people. <laughs> well, that's funny. Like, do you get, can you get better at this job or does every new record start back at zero? Um, no, you can get better. I don't think I started zero at any, I mean, I think the only times you really started zero and that's really not the right way to say it, but the only times you really kind of start from scratch is when it's like a brand new project, like okay. never released anything really baby pro like and i almost never work with stuff that starts from zero you know like yeah, i'm yeah. usually coming in at like you know they're just getting off the ground they got a few like diy kind of things under their belt and they're ready to step up that's usually when i step in okay um but you know i it's not to say i haven't worked projects like that you know where it's starting from zero it's a much harder job to do um but i don't think that i you know i think the skill set it just develops with each release I work on. It's always a different approach with every release, but it's like the same ideas and the same skills are what are applied to each thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. And you and you gain contacts and those contacts, yeah, I exactly. imagine. So you win yep. if you win over a contact for one record, then if the next artist or the next record you're working, does that increase the chances that that pub, that that journalist might pay attention to you? Um, it increases the chances that they'll answer my email or they'll at least read it, but yeah. it doesn't change. Like, you know, at the end of the day, they're just like me where it's like, it's gotta be about the music. So if they don't respond to the music, it doesn't matter if they, sure. you know, if I've got a better relationship with them. I, I'm, I tend to not use my relationships to just like convince people to cover <laughs> stuff. I right. want to make sure that people are fans, you know, I really sure. do. So, um, I think it helps just in the sense of they open my emails more than other people. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, well, that's always a step, <laughs> and that's right, and that's right. And I mean, I'll, the you know, there's a lot of great music that just doesn't get heard, so it's not even yep. a question of is it subjective or do you have the yeah. right context. Sometimes it yeah, just doesn't getting get heard. An answer, yeah, yeah, getting them to open, even not even an answer, but even just getting them to look in their massive inbox and recognize your name. I know that takes time. Yeah. That takes so many failed pitches. It's crazy. You yeah, know, like, right. you know, I'm, there's people I'm working with now on some of my upcoming releases that I've been pitching for probably close to five, 10 years. You know, wow. like I've been in different, you know, they've been at different outlets and I've been trying so hard over the years to get them to bite on my stuff and they just don't see me, you know? Yeah. Um, so that happens that, you know, if that's something that's going to probably continue through my career as, as I keep trying, you know, there's still a whole, there's a whole group of writers out there that I aspire to have relationships with and try to work with and get the music. Cause I know they'd like what I'm doing, but they just don't see me, you know, yeah. and it's frustrating, but I think it's, that's just part of the gig. You know, you got to just kind of keep hustling and finding your, your ways in and just be genuine. And you know, well, what, what else can you, <laughs> it's still pretty uh, encouraging though, to hear that there are parts of the business that's still subjective and that's still dependent yeah. on good music. Yeah, I mean, I think for me personally, that's like my ethos, you know, like yeah. I'm not gonna, I really, really, really won't work on something if I don't love it. Yeah. Or if I, I have to like it, you know what I mean? Like I have to at least be able to say like, yeah, I want to listen to this song. Sure, you know? like sure. That, at the bare minimum, I've got to want to listen to it on my own. I can't, it can't be like, oh, I'm working this record, I have to listen to it. Like, yeah. nah, that ain't it. So I think, you know, there's definitely people like me out there, but even with writers, a lot of times, you know, sure, they have to cover the big stuff, but I, the majority of people I work with on a regular basis aren't like that. Right. They're very like, I like this, I'll write about it. If I don't like this, I won't. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, and that's good. I end, you know, I never end up in the situation where I have a writer cover something for me who hates it and then pans it. Like, that just doesn't happen, you oh, know? yeah. Well, that's good, so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm pushy, you know, I can be pushy about a release and say, no, I have to get this review. I have to get this, you know, <laughs> and then they do it and then they trash it. It's like, what's the point of that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have all the sexy press looks in the world, if they don't like it. Yeah. You know? like, no, that's good. true. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Tell me here, um, what is music publicity? Has this title evolved? Like basically, what do you do? Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I will start it by saying that if you got another publicist on this uh, on this podcast, you would probably get a completely different okay. answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I don't, you know, I, I think for the broad strokes purposes of explaining what I do, that covers it. But I think, you know, what I've tried to create with my business and with the way I operate with my bands is completely different from what people expect from PR. Okay. Um, to me, 
I don't think you can say that you're working a proper PR campaign if you're not factoring in every element of promotion that's available to you today, which includes social media and streaming and all of these other, you know, right. that beyond just sending out press releases and getting blogs to cover your stuff, you know, how am I actually creating a conversation around this artist or, or around the release? Um, that's always my first question. It's, I don't care if I get the pitchfork review or if I get, you know, some viral moment on, on the Twitter, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. It's all PR to me, you know, like that's sure. all part of it. So it's really taking all the years of experience that I have and then looking at a band and, and taking their goals into mind and then, you know, building a strategy around that to, you know, create more awareness about them. I think that's what PR should be. And it doesn't really matter if it's a premiere or if it, you know, all the, the technical aspects of traditional PR are still a part of it. But I think, you know, it's important to factor in these other things too, because a, a r- prominent writer with 50,000 Twitter followers tweeting, I love this song is 10 times more valuable than them writing a fucking like 1200 page <laughs> essay, you know, 1200 word essay. about Oh, that's I, so I, genius. But you know what I mean? Like yes. you don't want to say no to either thing. You want to make sure all of it is kind of, it's all the, the writing part in the, the traditional part is a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. Like you can't just get the review and be like, why aren't we popping off? Like, what's up? Why is nobody talking about our band? Well, because you got one review on one website and you posted about it once. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah. know, like I always tell people to look at the way if you're if in doubt, look at the examine the way that you use social media and examine the way that you use, you know, and discover mm. music. And yes. when you start practicing a little bit more self-awareness, you're going to start picking up on things that you do that you should implement into your strategies, you know? Mm. So that's sort of what you no know, earbuds and what I do is, is it's PR sort of, you know, but I purposely didn't, I never gave it a, a proper definition and yeah. I never, because I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it could be anything at any time and it's constantly evolving. And at the end of the day, all I care about is that people are talking about my artists. Right. That's it. That's right. My job, you know, like yeah. I've done what I have to do. Um, Man, but you know, like that, I said, yeah. that's so, that's so genius. And I, and I, you know, I wanted to ask you if there, because there are so many ways you can get press coverage, there's traditional media like newspapers, which I, I've, I've got a you know there's a newspaper in Montreal who's supportive of of my label and we've had you know printed traditional printed which has has done well you know then there's there's playlisting which is you know so yeah. sexy right now and then there's indie yeah. blogs which has cred and and I'm and I you kind of answered my question but like do you prefer one type of coverage over another or or is it all just compounding into one big strategy it's completely dependent on the release right like i have i have a band i'm working right now that is like they really made themselves on twitter you know like they were really Mm. able to kind of identify an audience and like a, a, a brand for themselves on twitter so for them having big you know supportive tweets happening and having a lot of people tweeting about the record it probably means a little bit more than the other stuff you know like just because that's sort of where their people are um but I think it's, yeah, it's, it's case dependent because there's some bit type of bands where like all the the traditional press kind of lining up to support them, that's going to be meaningful. You know, that's what's going to matter. It's yeah. just like everything's kind of got to, you've got to really look at, 
that's the thing too with, with this game is you can't no two things are going to be the same and if yeah. you approach them that way that's when you fail you yeah. know like you got to treat each one like it's its own special beast and every single one is going to have different strategy points and goals that mean more than other things there's mm. bands i plenty of like pop punk and like emo bands it's like they don't need fucking traditional press yeah, you know like right. there's no, that it's cool yes we'll get it but it's like that should not be the end game because yes. that's definitely not what they need to, to grow yeah, you know it's, that's a good point kind of it's sometimes genre dependent but it's a lot of times just case by case what you know and it's sitting down at the very beginning and saying well, where do we want to be in five years? You know, what's the end game here? What is our right. goal? Right. And once you sort of know where you want to head, it's easier to plot what's important between then and now, you know? I love what you said about, um, I love what you said about um, the using your own behaviors as a way to kind of determine yeah. what your strategy can be. And and that's so funny because you can't argue with yourself. So if an right. artist is like, Oh no, 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 I want pitchfork. That's all I want. But it's like, well, how many records have you discovered on pitchfork recently? You know, versus uh, a, a, a tweet, you know, and it's so funny. You talked about that writer thing because there's a couple of mm -hmm. writers I can think of right now who I follow on Twitter and they say something about an upcoming record. I remember when the, the low record came out la a couple years ago on sub pop and mm -hmm. there was a few journalists who had had it a couple months early and who I was following and they were tweeting about it. And they were saying like, get ready everybody. Cause this is going to, you know, blow your socks off. And I just remember like, uh, that's where I discovered it that uh, way more than like you said, in, in whatever publication they're writing for. That's so mm -hmm. crazy. I never even thought of that. So yeah. good. It, yeah. It's just, it's, you really have to think like the, the, in that scenario you gave, it's like, yes, the, you've never discovered a record on pitchfork. It still has its value. Of you know, course. Sure. You just, as a label and like, somebody at the helm of a team, it still has its value and you still want it. But 100%. it's not the like to get it through your artist's minds that it's like, it's just one piece to your bigger picture. You know, yeah. it's just one thing. It's not that you're not going to get that and everything's going to change. That's right. not how it works. Right. You know, you might get some new attention. Sure. Like you'll get some new people paying attention for sure. There always is, but it's not this like, if you think about your own behaviors, you'll realize I never look, you know, if you're somebody who says, no, I always look at Pitchfork. That's where I find all my new music. Well then, yeah, let's get you on Pitchfork. <laughs> you know, like, like yeah. you just got to kind of examine how you operate. And I think it's, it's more just like a challenge for bands and for teams to think that way. Right. Like instead of thinking, right. I need this checklist of stuff that I've been told is what I need to get for my band to be successful instead of going that route it's saying fuck that and let's look at how you use the internet and how you find new music and yeah. let's do a campaign like that you yeah. know let's build something for real usage because you know for me i find you know my personal experience i find new i'm i need to see the name of a band two three four times agreed before okay fine yes so if you're just getting one you know traditional blog write-up or review i might see that you know, but that's yeah. one time. Yes, <laughs> like, I know. I might see it once and yeah. I'll be like, okay, word. But I need to see that once from the blog. I need to see it once from a friend that I really like their taste in music. I need to see it once from, you know, I don't know, like a little video clip or something. Sure. I need to see multiple different types of things happening yeah. before I stop. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, yeah. I've seen this four times in the last <laughs> week. Let me listen. It, it so, yeah, it feels like fate. 
Yeah, and we're pickier listeners for sure, but like the average listener isn't going through all of those steps. But the average listener probably does need, especially with the how how frequent and how fast social media moves and how much is going on on there. Yes, you know, a regular person definitely needs to see something a couple times. You know, they really do because it's going to be out of their feed in two seconds. You know, so let me ask you a question. Then you're talking. We're talking about social media, and, and this is like a yucky question. But do you? What about influencers? Has there ever been a time, have you thought at all about, um, you know, there's this Instagram person and their lifestyle blog or their lifestyle feed is, would, would suit this music or this music suits their lifestyle? Maybe I'll reach out to them. Like, has that ever Mm -hmm. crossed your mind or, or even talking to someone who just tweets a lot about music? Yeah. I mean, I think there's... I, I don't know how to answer this question. I want to make sure I answer it in a way that doesn't make me sound like I actually give a shit about influencers. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there are people, I think the term is, has gotten kind of a connotation to it. Totally. That people just, totally. They think it's like, you I know, couldn't think of a better one. Is yeah. in like, yeah, you think of like diet shakes and yes. shit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, Yoga. That's not stuff. what we're talking yeah, yeah. about. I think yeah. there's, you know, when we're talking about influencers, you know, yeah, there are definitely people who I know and I reach out to that are not people who really do anything in music. You know, they're just people who are online and they're always talking about music and people pay attention to them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I definitely want them to know what I'm working on, you know? Sure. Um, but it's, you know, and in the past, I've definitely worked with artists in other jobs that, um, you know, influencer campaigns were like a push, you right, know, and it's right. like, you know, get this person to hold up the record. It's just like, <laughs> that shit don't work. Like, yeah, yeah. Not, well, I think, not- a, I think a less cringe, cringeworthy example would be there's an Instagram account that I follow that posts every week, posts like really good album cover designs. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's more for cool. graphic designers, like fans of fine art than it yeah, would yeah, be for yeah. music fans. And to me, that's something I would pursue because it's like, yeah, you want cool. the respect of those yeah. people, kind of thing. Yep, that and that's that's what I mean. I feel like the term kind of gives yeah. a negative idea, <laughs> yeah. but that, that, yeah, those kind of things are super cool. And especially again, like if you apply that same theory of how you use the internet, right, and how you use your socials, that's an account you follow that you enjoy, right? Yes. So okay, yeah, I want to get my stuff on there because that's something that I've looked at a bunch. You know, like yes. I go back to that page all the time. Like, yes, there you go. The logic fits. You know, like that makes sense. So for me, it's the same thing. It's like, if I just hear, you know, you always working records, sometimes you're inevitably going to have some super popular person is going to like the music, right? Like I've got, you know, plenty of cases I can give you, but like, there's almost always someone popular, whether it's an influencer type or it's like a celebrity or something. There's always someone who can every now and then will bite on a, a record I'm working. And it's like, I feel like in the past bands are always quick to be like, Oh my God, we gotta, we gotta send them something. Oh my God. They got to post about this, that and the other. And it's like, no dude, just let it exist. It's like, not going to work that Right. <laughs> well, yeah. like if they're already into your music, just like say hi, say thank you. And then let it go and let yeah. them be a fan of yours. You yeah. know, and, like I'm seeing the proof of that in a few campaigns now, but like, you know, artists who have big celebrity followings and they're posting about the music on their own. Nobody has to ask them to do it. No one has to pay them to do it. Yeah. They're just like, genuinely excited there's a there's a you got to be tactful you know what i mean sure. you got to be smart about this stuff because people are fans are smart dude they don't want to stay they don't want to feel like they're being marketed to and like yep. 
someone who follows just like an Instagram influencer or something and all of a sudden they see some, they're po- posting about some record, they know exactly what's going on there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they know exactly. You know? And it's going to say the, paid partnership in the top right corner. I was going to say yeah. it says something like that or it's like in the ca- in the hashtags, it says like hashtag ad. Like they yeah. know what they're looking at. Yeah, You're not going to get them to listen to your yeah. band off of that. Like it's just yeah. not going to But the example you gave is a totally different story where it's like, that's genuinely like that makes sense, you know, yeah. like especially if you have a record with a really interesting artwork or something. It's like, yeah, this makes sense to go for because the people looking at it are, are looking at it for the art's sake, you know, yes. like they're, that's what they're looking for. They're not obsessed with the person posting it. And like, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, the whole, they need we need a separate term, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's true. OK, so our labels and, and our listeners are DIY artists or whatnot. They're sure. always trying to keep their expenses down. I mean, I think it's really important as any entrepreneur, anybody starting a business at the same time, um, the artists and labels that we admire all hire publicists. So if money wasn't an issue for me personally, I would always hire a publicist. I've, I've worked with a publicist on a couple campaigns and I've loved it. And uh, how do I know, how do our labels know when it's right to make that decision, to make that investment? question i mean i guess if you have the money yeah it is probably always good to have um somebody on deck but i don't you know that's almost never the case so Mm. i think hmm when is the right time i mean it's you know there's a lot of times where i i talk um, talk about this with some friends of mine all the time where like you find out bands have publicists and managers like right out the gate you know like no one's heard about them yet and they've got this sexy manager and this booking agent and this (laughs) public on it and it's kind of like Every now and then, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, every now and then, the music's just great from the jump, and sure. it, a team builds around it pretty quickly. I get that. Um, but I think in the general, you probably want to get through the you know the initial launch of a project first on your own. You know? Like, right, you, right. Especially as a DIY label, it's like, you also want to have the relationships out there that your publicist is going to have. Those good are point. good for you, too. So it's like... Maybe in the beginning, it's especially if you're not you're working with something super small. Maybe start local, start with with what's within reach, and start making some relationships for yourself, and see how far you can get the project on your own. And I know that that's saying like, oh, take out an extra job, but is it really an extra job to ask you to send a few extra emails a week? You know what I mean? Like, it's really not that crazy. Like, sure. and at the end of the day, if this is what you want to do. You you know you could drop three to five thousand dollars right in the beginning, which you probably don't have. Yeah. Or you could get get out there, put in a little bit more work, emailing and reaching out to people, and make some relationships that might help you later, and get some coverage going for your artist. You know, get some people listening to your stuff. So it's like that's what I would say is in the beginning, try to get it as far as you can. You know, yeah. And when you get to the point where you're like, all right. I've got X, Y, and Z on my own. I, that's half the time people reach out to me. It's it's managers saying, "Okay, we've gotten this far by ourselves. You know, like right. here's what we're doing on our own. We're ready for somebody like you to come. We think that we've hit our kind of our peak." Well, that's a great <laughs> and, point, and I feel like you, if you have spent a campaign or a few years on your own, doing it on your own, then I feel like you really know what you need help with, and you know yeah. what to expect more from yeah. a publicist. 
Yeah, like if you can make relationships with a good chunk of, you know, smaller blogs and like local stuff, then do that. Like you should have that because now they're your people and now they support you, not just the artists. You know, they support what you're building. Mm. So now you've got a homie and you can call on them for other stuff later and you don't ever, you know, like that's that's yours now. Why would you not want that? You know? Um I feel like that's, you know, a lost thing is like get in you wanna you're the person who started a label all by yourself and you like love this art you're the one who loves this artist so much that you're willing to invest in them right so it's like get out there and talk to some people about it and then i think you'll see you know pretty quickly okay we got through this we have this kind of collection of small blogs and local people that we've made contact with but you know i've reached out to pitchfork i hate using them as the example every time but i've reached out to whoever stereo gum (laughs) five times now and no one's answering, you know, like yeah. you get to, a, you'll know when you get to that point of like, all right, I've tried multiple times with this place. It's not working. I think I need someone else. You know, that's, that's fine. You know, I think that that's the move. And then for somebody like a publicist to come in at that point, you know, at least there's something to stand on, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's way easier to pitch stuff when it has a little bit of history versus the zero, you know, starting from nothing and saying, okay, this is going to be the first time anyone writes about this. Yeah. this is tough. You know, like, so if you are hiring uh, a publicist, let's let's mm-hmm. um, graduate from that. And and that was, by the way, that was great advice. I, I really that is um, I you know I've asked you that question before. We've talked offline, yeah. and and I've um, I've kind of struggled with that myself. Is when is the right time? Because not mm-hmm. only you know I might be working with some releases on my label that are ready for it. Then I have some releases that just don't, are totally not ready for it. So that was, that was a really good answer for me because I, I realized that like, it is, it's a, it's a kind of a graduation, you know, it's yeah. like you move into that, you grow into that stage. Yeah. If it's I, yeah, go managers ahead. and everything else, it's like, you don't need, like yeah. there's a pressure to have a booking agent on your first record. And it's like, why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not going on a cross in every, and like I said, there's always exceptions to the rule, but okay. like, yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part, it's like, you know, you have to get, you don't need a manager on your first record. What are they managing? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you need to get out there and be a, pro- be a band, be an artist, whatever it is that you do. You need to go out there and do it for a while. Totally. <laughs> how, you know, you need to learn some stuff. If you were to hire someone, how do you measure your return on investment? I, I once paid for a campaign and we got a hundred thousand streams on one of the album singles from Spotify. I think they helped us get on some sort of great playlist. And like, Uh that was a really objective way to, to measure our return because it was like literally the hundred thousand streams earned what the campaign cost. But like, I imagine it's not always that easy for a label to objectively know if a campaign was worth it. How do, how do labels or artists in your experience measure their return on investment when it comes to hiring a publicist? I mean, shit, you're going to have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, I, you'll have to, labels, I, they are, I, I'm just starting to talk to a few labels about innovating the way they look at PR. I'll okay. tell you that. Like, yeah. Because I think, I think, in a, for the most part, the labels that I work with definitely view like, they success to them is when I send that feedback report every month and it's just loaded with stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. That all they're looking for is like the big name outlets and quantity, like just a lot of people covering yes, it. Right. 
Well, that's fair, but I just, you know, I think that it doesn't take into account a bigger picture of I can get all the blog write-ups you want, bro, but if real people aren't listening to this, you're still in the same place you started with. You just yeah. have a lot of press quotes to use. <laughs> like, right. You know? Right. So that is a tricky question, but I think it's I would hope that as, you know, people progress into, you know, whatever's coming next, you know, I think as people I think, you know, the slowdown of touring has made a lot of people have to second guess a lot of labels who relied on bands to go on the road to sell their records mm -hmm. you know like yep. rely on that stuff is like they're all now being like uh oh <laughs> like, <laughs> like we have potentially a whole year ahead of us of not being able to make that kind of revenue so what are we doing and they're all kind of re-examining pr you know so i think right hopefully it, it gets you know it improves from here well but. i've had a thought actually while you were talking <laughs> that um, made me realize why that was a stupid question. Because I think <laughs> what I realized is what you were talked about earlier is the way that you discover new music is like five random pieces of of like little pokes. And it's the same for me. That's exactly the same as a, a writer I respect, a friend that I know, uh, a blog that I follow, you know, yeah. and then one other weird little thing of fate yeah, or something. Same, yeah. And mm -hmm. so I, I feel like for you... What if you, as a publicist, got one of those things or two of those things, but you didn't mm -hmm. get all five? You know, if you yeah. contribute, so you really, it's so hard to measure that because right. I'm getting it from the work that you're doing on some of your records, but then I'll also follow some other music lovers who are tweeting about the record. So all right. of a sudden it all adds up and then yeah. I finally become a fan. It's so hard to measure. Mm -hmm. No, it really is. And it's, I, I think that the goal is to always have everything kind of popping off at once, but um, that's never the case. You know, every now and then you get a campaign where you're like, oh shit, everything, I'm firing on all cylinders right now. Everything's <laughs> but that's, you know, not, you can't go into it. You can go into it trying to get that every time, but you're, you're very quickly within the first few weeks of being out there and pitching, you find out pretty quickly that, you know, is this going to be one of those records or not? Um, and most of the time it's not, and it mm. doesn't mean that you failed, you know, like yeah. I think that's important to realize too. I think bands and artists and labels, they all kind of see this, like, we've got to go big or there's nothing happened. You know, we have to be just like that other artist, or we failed. Right. And a lot of times, you know, you get lucky and everybody lines up to support a band right out the gate. And other times you don't, and it's a build and you have to work slow and hard and, I think it's important in the very beginning, both when labels are thinking about who they're going to sign and when publicists are thinking about who they're going to work with and vice versa, like all that kind of stuff. It's very important in those early conversations before you decide anything to have those kinds of conversations of, hey, it would be dope if right out the gate this popped off. We would all love that. But more than likely, we're going to have to work it for a while. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what that build is going to look like. And let's talk about what success means at different levels, right. you know, um, because just because you didn't go all the way to the moon doesn't mean you didn't get far, yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, I also, every, every record I work, I tell people as long as by the end of this project, when we're done working together, you feel like you've either learned something or you've made it somewhere a little further than you started. Mm. You know, I don't know if that means you're going to get all the sexy press, you know, write-ups. I don't know. I don't know. You yeah. know, I got to see what's up. But 
working with me, you will at the end of it feel like you're further ahead than you started. You know, that's, I can guarantee it. And that's all really somebody should ever expect. And it's so hard for an artist because we all have these illusions that our next record or our first record is going to be the, the one that breaks us and we can live off for the rest of our lives. But it's, it's really, you really even, not even just about an album campaign, but an album itself should just feel like a mile marker and not, you know, the entire destination. Yeah, no, exactly. And then most of the time that's, probably going to be the case you know and and that's okay like if you want to be around for a while that should be what you're looking for the quick kind of everything out the gate is there are certain cases where it makes total sense especially in more of a pop kind of centric uh and hip-hop centric kind of field but in general it's like you want to build it you want it so that when you are finally getting all that attention you can fill a thousand cap room on your own you need a those people to support you you did Mm. it by yourself like Mm. create more value for yourself and for your artists if you just don't rush everything and just look at it hey on this record we got x y and z more than we did on the last time around or hey we got in touch with this person and that was one of our goals in the beginning so we did great you know like it's definitely coming back down to earth a little bit yeah it's easy i think online to you know we're always comparing ourselves to each other we're always you know whether it's on a personal level or on a professional level, we all have imposter syndrome to some extent. And so we're all looking at each other being like, Oh my God, but that band did so, Oh, they got this, that, and the other, I should be on that. Like it gets in their people's heads so easily and it feels so natural, but the, you know, you're, if you're making any kind of moves and you're turning new people into your music, you're winning. Like you're doing what you're, <laughs> that's the, right. That's the idea. But if it's not so huge, it kind of throws people off and makes them feel like they're not succeeding. And it's, Mm. you know, hopefully, you know, over time people understand, you know, and they can kind of see the bigger picture, especially through resources like yours and stuff where they understand like success can be a varying level of stuff, you know, obviously it's dope. All the pieces fall into place, but they're not always going to. So let me ask you about yourself. We're talking with, that was a 35 minute cold open, but um, we're, <laughs> we're talking with uh, Jamie Coletta of No Earbuds. Tell me about you. Like, t- how did you get into oh this? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what have, what have I listened to? <laughs> like, who is this monster? Is this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, how did, uh, I, I don't know this. I don't know the answer to this, but um, how, how did you get into being a publicist? Um, it was kind of just happened. Um, <laughs> I, um, when I was in college, I was just a music business major and the first we had all had to do internships and a friend of mine had just finished her internship at Capitol records. And she said, you know, I'll, I'll put your name in. I'll, I'll let them know that you need an internship. And, you know, I went in and I met them and it was the publicity department and that's just where I landed. <laughs> wow. just sort of like, I didn't, I think the truth is, is I think I was probably going to figure that out at some point, but it's not like I was in college being like, I'm going to be a publicist. It's just never the game. That was never what I, I thought. All I wanted was to work with the bands I liked and to like listen and have my days filled with telling other people about it. I didn't know that that was a gig. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that that's what it was, you know? So, um, were, I kinda, were you already doing that? Like in high school or in college? Were you? Yeah, the, yeah, for sure. Like music was definitely like in high school. I was definitely like always had my headphones in, and people, what are you listening to? And I would always, share, you know, always pop pop an earbud out and let them have one. Yeah. Like, no, we, you know, it was just there. Yeah, I was definitely always that person in high school and in, in college, booking shows and like really like getting involved with bands. 
that I, you know, were either local or smallish enough that I could, you know, get involved with street teams, all that kind of shit. Like I was definitely, I love street teams get free stuff. But exactly. Back then, that's all it was, right? Yeah. I just wanted posters, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it was definitely like I was still. It was a part of me, you know. I was always listening to stuff, making mix CDs, like left and right. Oh my god, I used to have, I wish I still had them, mm. but um, you know, that was sure. my gig. You know? um, I was making playlists before we were making playlists. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was that was my that was what, what I was all about for sure. And then that's you know I did the music business program because I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And then. I still didn't really, you know, the program at that time was still pretty new and it wasn't, um, it wasn't really fleshed out in terms of like, what kind of field do you want to pursue? It was very broad strokes kind of stuff. So I didn't even really through classes, didn't really even figure out what I wanted. It was that internship where it was like, okay, I get this. And then it was like, continue. I just sort of continued down that path. You know, everything I did after that, my experience pointed to publicity. So I just kept doing it, you know? Um, Sorry, you said you worked at Capital? Yeah, that was in LA. The, yeah, no, that when I was, I went to college in Connecticut, and I did an internship in New York. Oh, okay, and, okay. Yeah, and I'm also leaving out. I worked. There was an indie publicist who was based in Connecticut that I worked for for a while. He was actually really cool. He list. He like. He repped like the one AM radio and these arms are snakes and like just some kind of yeah. cool like punk shit and like that was you know I started with him and then I did the Capital one. Um, and what and, was and was the Capital like? like big, big releases? Like, were you starstruck ever or were? I don't, I've never really had that like starstruck feeling happen to me. Like, I feel like when I see a famous person or like I'm working on something (laughs) that's, I see them as like a person. I don't know. Like I, (laughs) there's a hint of it that I get like, Oh shit, that's what's up. Like that's whoever, you know, like I remember I was working at um, the red carpet of the Grammys one time and Sheryl Crow walked by and I was Mm. like, Oh shit, that's Sheryl Crow. Like, (laughs) You get like you get like a little teensy teensy bit, but then it goes away pretty fast. So yeah. I don't think I like truly starstruck, but yeah, I can't I can't recall. I mean, we worked on that was right when Katy Perry was breaking, so that oh, okay. was um one of my supervisors was her publicist, and like it was really really cool to see sort of them, you know, take her from this like you know singer songwriter who was down at South by Southwest, and like yeah. then blow her into this whole other stratosphere. I totally. Think. When I was there, it was right around when I kissed a girl was happening. So it was really just the beginning. Oh wow, um, that was rad. Um, God, did did you it? learn? Did the things you learned there? Are you mm-hmm. able to translate those into the indie rock world? Yes. Yeah. Really? I mean, my the entire earliest part of my career was all working with major label stuff, and I take I, I believe I truly believe, and that's what makes me different than everybody else. You know, like mm-hmm. I take the knowledge and the experience of working with big huge stars and i i take what i can from that and i bring it to bands that play in garages you know i i know how to brand someone you know i know what means to have a strong brand and how to really have a relatable identity for people and i think that's what pop artists do really well is that they've just got something about them they've got that thing you know yeah that's true I think that bands can have that too. And it's just a, a little bit of crafting in the beginning to help, you know, create that out there and really like get that image in people's heads, you know, in the very beginning of working with anyone, that's really all I'm doing is I'm figuring out who is this band and what's their vibe and how can I make sure that that gets through and everything, you right, know, so right. 
as people discover them, that message is coming out loud and clear, you know? Um, that's all That's all major label pop stuff. You know, that's like pop branding type stuff, I think. Um, do you ever get pushback from bands who, who say, oh, no, no, I just want to be punk rock. I just want to be authentic. I don't want to, you know, like they're kind well, of they turned are, off by seeing yeah. how the sausage is made? No, because literally, like, <laughs> they are being authentic. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I, that's the idea, you know, like that. I would never tell an artist to not be who they are. It's more about taking who they are and finding the right way to message that to people, sure. you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You could be a snotty punk band, but like you're the best snotty punk band <laughs> there is. You are the snottiest <laughs> snotty punk band. You know what I mean? Like that is what it is. So it's just, you know. Yeah. No, it, that's great. It's got to be authentic, you know? I'm never here to, you know, to, to alter or change, you know, what your presentation is to the world. It's about taking who you are naturally and finding interesting and cool ways to share that with more people. Cause you're not, you think you're weird and you think you're the only one. You're not, you're mm. not, you know, there are so many people out there who think you're the coolest thing in the world, you know? So it's yeah. like just being yourself and then finding strategic ways to get that out in front of more people. That's the, that's the game. You know, I really like that approach because I, I really do think that it's not fair that all the crappy music has the best marketing. You know what I mean? So right. for for if if there is a way for um, incredible marketing to be put to work on really obscure music or weird music or instrumental music or experimental music, uh, I think that's really cool. I think yeah, I think that's I think it's our turn to do that. I think that's really awesome. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I, that's my my main idea with everything I work on. It's just like, how can we do big, cool shit? You yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta think, especially now. It's like you have to think big. You have to step outside the box a little bit. How do you pick a a, a publicist? Where do you start as a label? Um, probably starts with like the you know, if you really don't know any of them, if you don't know anyone, look to the artists that you like. Look to campaigns that you think are done well. Mm-hmm. Um. And find out who works those records. You know, it's yeah, pretty. This it that's doesn't smart. have to be more complicated than that. Just look at artists who you think, or if you're looking at your artists and you're saying, you know, okay, um, you know, I want my artists to kind of follow in the similar trajectory as X, Y, and Z. Well, then who who does PR for X, Y, and Z? That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you go and you know they say no, I'm not into it. Then ask them for suggestions. You know. Yeah. Then say. If you're not into it, that's cool. Do you have any friends or anyone that you think might like this, you know, and get a recommendation from somebody that you admire like that. Yeah. That's how you'll, and then over time, you'll just know the people, you know, you'll just know who's out there and stuff and you'll reach out to who you think is the right fit. That's not unlike how a lot of artists do things with finding a record producer or, or a mixing engineer. Yeah. Or a graphic Mm -hmm. designer. Like, yeah. 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 Just look at the stuff you like and then try to find out who works the record and then that start there. So one of the things, if a label has hired a publicist, what then is the label's role during the campaign? I mean, they shouldn't just put their feet up. There's this incredible opportunity, I think, to have more hands on deck and double the the promo effort. So what should the role of the record label be after you've hired a publicist? Stay on top of them, check in with them, make sure they feel appreciated. Don't, uh, don't breathe down their neck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just like have a good relationship with them and trust them. And, you know, don't bark orders. Don't get mad if they haven't gotten you X, Y, and Z. Like just 
have it be a strategic partnership. View it like that versus I hired you. You're supposed to work for, you know, like, you're oh, supposed to sure. get yeah. like, have it be like, yeah, I'm spending money on you because I believe in you and I believe in your strategy. I understand it may not always work. And then we have to start over, but you're the person, you know what I mean? Like think about them like that. And I think that's how you get the best out of them is when they feel appreciated and like they have a partner versus like a barking boss. Yeah. You know? like, oh, that's, that's so cool. I, I've worked plenty of times where, whether the band or a label, like they get bratty when they don't get certain stuff. And it's like, you know what? Go get it yourself. <laughs> you know, like this is not what you brought me in for. I'm not, you don't bark orders at me. I bring you opportunities and I am, I'm your voice out there. Like you, you probably want to keep me happy. Like you yeah. want me to feel good. You know, yeah. like, you know, if obviously there's certain times where serious conversations need to happen, but it's, you know, nine times out of 10, a publicist is probably busting their ass for you. So make sure they feel appreciated. And yeah, I think yeah, that totally. respect goes a really long way. I had this epiphany when I, I hired a, a publicist um, about six years into running a label. And I ha- I had, so I had been doing my own promo for so long. And then when I hired this publicist, and they were doing all the things that I was normally having to do. I remember thinking, now what? Like I have all this free time. I could do all yeah. the extra things that I wouldn't normally have time for. And yeah. you know, creating social media content, maybe filming some behind the scenes stuff, or maybe reaching out to my own contacts. I, so I just had this huge epiphany that's like, we can actually like double the value of a publicist because it frees up my time. Oh my God. And you just brought up a whole other thing where it's like, what can you do to, you know, help your publicist or whatever, or make them work, but make it better. Wrangle your band and get shit going. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Don't just wait. Don't, don't just hire somebody and then just sit around and wait for stuff to come in. Mm. Be constant, be like, okay, now they're handling that part of this. I'm going to, you know, work on, like you said, work on the content. I'm going to make sure we have a video. I'm going to check on this. I'm going to, you know, yeah. get other it going yeah you know stay on top of the band and make sure they're doing stuff because that you know you can't just hire somebody sit back and wait for stuff to come in like you'll get stuff that's gonna happen but there it'll run dry quick you know you'll get your initial blast of stuff but if you're not feeding that system too it's just gonna run out you know and that somebody you just hired to get you a few blogs that's it instead of being kind of an equal partner in the in the fight and building into something bigger you know how important is lead time? Uh, I mean, you know, we've we've gone through this a lot. You and I have talked about this, but we've gone through this a lot too on the show. Um, giving yourself and your campaign time, how important is that when it comes to promoting an album? I mean, super important. I think in terms of just like if you if you wait to the last second, I mean, think think about it like this: like how long did you spend making that record? You mm, know, like yeah, right. how long did been getting the artwork ready and getting x y and z and doing all this other stuff well and then to rush it out in like a month you know like and and then expect somebody that you hire or a label expect someone to be able to just what spin gold out of it like it's just not gonna happen (laughs) you know (laughs) you have to you don't need as much lead time as it takes to make the record but you need to think about it like that like especially you know i've had bands hit me up with a music video and they're like hey it needs to come out at the end of the month and i'm like then put it out yourself you know like yeah yeah because you really want to make some noise with it how long did it take you to make and edit this video you know like yeah give me some time too like everybody needs a little bit of window this is your art form yeah like do you want people to hear this is what i need the same amount of time that you spend and i need that level of like patience from you and if you don't have it then just put it out yourself you know like then you 
your goals are off from what what you really think they are. That's you know? such a great point because it's not absurd to take a year or more to write a record and a year or more to, to record and mix a record. Yeah. And then to be like, okay, you know, can we get everything together in a couple of weeks for the release? Like, you right. know, that's that's absurd. That's a really good point to to think yeah. of the the publicity side of things like as just an equal partner to the recording right. and writing, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, you don't need to spend a year on it, but in you know, some cases you do. I don't know. Like some cases, if you're on board with a project from an early point, you know, it does sometimes take a while to build. But I would say the minimum, you should be looking at like four months, you know, like yeah. you should be right now, you should be already planning out what January and February and March are going to look like. And Absolutely. you should be talking to the publicist. And, you know, granted, I don't know when people are going to listen to this. <laughs> yeah, you know? it could be January, <laughs> February. Or I was March. like, oh, wait. <laughs> But the point is, it's like four to five months out, you should be talking about who you're going to, at least if you're going to bring in publicists, you should be talking to them already. If you don't have music at four to five months out, then you shouldn't be putting the record out yet. You know, like wait till you have the music, have a general idea, but wait till you have the music in your hand before you go and start setting everything up because it's just not ready yet. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I think, you know, minimum four months is super important for people to be able to actually do some real work. Um, and actually listen to the record too. That's important. Like to, you give me two months to work on something. I'm probably going to listen to it twice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it the amount of times I need to, to be able to do my job. I'm not going to really get in there and I'm not going to learn a lot, you know? So your results kind of, you, you want to rush the process. Sometimes it has to happen. Okay. Well, you're not going to get the same. You know what? I can, I can quantifiably prove the albums that I've given the most amount of lead time for for press purposes have yeah. had more coverage than the yep. albums that I just quickly sent them an email two weeks ahead of time. Like Are easily the mm-hmm. best, the best coverage I've ever received. Um, yeah. Bandcamp daily, Bandcamp weekly, all the, the, the cool features from them. That's all, you know, two to two to three months ahead of time. Yep. Spotify, iTunes, those guys have, have always been very kind if they have the time. Um, yeah. So Yes. That's that's really that's really true when I look back. Yeah. No, you're yeah, me too. Honestly, yeah, the longer I'm on a project, the more success I'll have with it. It's it's very, you know, it's it's I understand you can, a lot of indie labels and DIY labels can't afford to have a publicist just always on a project, but if I know from the point of hearing the record that I'm working at even though it's not coming out for 6 months, it's in my radar. I'm locked in. I'm going to work on it. Well, then when people want to know what I'm working on, that comes to mind. Yeah. And it's also the fact that I have extra time to listen to it and more time to be excited about it. Yeah. Like you give me more time with it. That's the more time I have to love it. You know? So that's it's right. like, but we're actually promoting it. I know this record inside and out, you know, um, I that would it, be the best of, you know, that's the, the way you want it to go. I find even just like optically, it makes you look like you're serious. It makes your label look more intentional it, it more <laughs> professional makes the artist look more professional when you have your press kit and you even have the vinyl box downstairs that's everything's all ready and you're still two months out. I to me yeah. it just makes you look more put together. Yeah, and you don't. It's probably less stressful, honestly. Oh, just, for sure. Yeah. There's never. I mean, there's almost never a reason to rush this stuff. This is just music, you know. Like, yeah. This is not like the you know so time sensitive type stuff. It's just like. You you don't need to rush it. If you don't have everything in hand, then you're not ready to put a release date on the calendar yet. So that's I don't right. Know. Yeah. 
Here's a question I've always wondered. We talked about this before I hit record, and and, and I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious because it's it's a, a serious question. But like any freelancer, a publicist who runs their own business, often can't afford to turn down clients. But what if the music sucks and the client's willing to pay? So I'm always curious. Like, is a publicist just going to take my work and take my money, even if they don't? deep down see any hope of it getting covered how does that work i mean i won't but i think <laughs> oh, good that's good <laughs> plenty of people will you know yeah, right, a, right. <laughs> i can't tell you i don't know how to tell which one you know like that's an unfortunate part of this thing is like that's why it's like if you if you factor in everything we're talking about if you reach out to somebody far enough in advance you ha- they have enough time to listen to the record and really consider it like you've really got to also use your gut too. Like a lot of times opposed to like, yeah, I'll do this, but you'll know sort of from talking to them that they're not really engaged with it. Like you kind of have to like use your best judgment a little bit. Um, but you're inevitably it happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I kind of have a pretty strict, you know, if I don't like it, I'm not working on it kind of policy. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's has potential. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, could be huge and already is huge. It's like, if I don't bite, I don't bite, you yeah. know? Um, the idea is that I have to go out there and act and be the advocate for this to other people. If I don't like it, it's not happening. You know, yeah, like totally. Uh, there's plenty of people who would just do it, you know, who just take the business. And, you know, especially in bigger firms, I think you run into that a little bit more often because you've got, you know, the person who, you know, there, there's a lot of junior publicists, there's people who need to learn and, you know, things like that. And you just, even I, like, when I was first starting out, I worked a bunch of stuff I didn't like, a right. bunch of it. Pretty much everything I worked on in the beginning, I didn't like. Yeah. So it's it's going to happen, but I think you can probably avoid that happening if you once you start to get to know your community a little better and like who the players are in it, you'll get to know who the publicists are in it that are like the individual people who, you know, hopefully they're smart enough to use their social media to sort of put it out there, what kind of stuff they're into so that if you do that research and you can find that pinpoint that person who you think will really get it. And then you reach out to them early enough so that they can listen to it and it's not rushed, et cetera, et cetera. It all kind of builds into the same answer. You know, all of it is important. You got to do all of it. It's important to, you know, take each step and that's how you'll find the person who won't do that to you, you know? But if you're just go and you say, Oh, this big name PR firm, you know, they said that they would be interested in working the record for this much money. Let's do it. Going to that, knowing you might get tossed to an intern, you know, might get tossed to a junior, you know, and it might be, or even if you're not, it could just be the type of place that's just more about quantity than anything else. And they just got to move. Right. And as long as they get you a few pieces here and there and send the emails out, they've done their job, you know? Mm. Um, so it's a lot on you as the, the person hiring to do that research and to really like trust your gut and make sure that who you're reaching out to has enough time to listen. And if you feel if you don't feel like they love it, that's your call. If you want to still hire them because they have got a big firm behind them or whatever, like that's you got to go into it knowing that might happen. You, you know, this goes back to lead time because and, and and you've talked about you know doing this, uh, doing your research ahead of schedule. But like for me personally, just based on how slow I move and how much I want to think about things, I some of my own projects I like to have nearing completion or or entering the mastering stage like a year in advance because I want to take this time to think, should I send this to a label? Should I send this to a publicist? I want to think about the merch. I want to think about how we do videos to support it. Mm-hmm. And I know I know uh, a, a couple labels, uh, and we're talking with a big label in a couple weeks about the, a big release, and who 
the artist will hand in the record about 10 to 12 months before the release date. And I just feel like that's, uh, you know, that's just, I mean, that's maybe not entirely possible, but the research that you're talking about can happen while mixing is happening or, or while recording is happening, you could be talking Mm -hmm. about artwork and stuff like that or researching your publicist. Yeah, as long as you have some kind of music to listen to. I know some people don't like sharing demos or whatever, but if you've got like an unmixed or like an, a mixed but not mastered version of a record, you should already have that in the inboxes of who you want to work on that wow, record. Wow, interesting. That, that feels, as long as the artist is comfortable with it, but I yeah. feel like if it's close to being done and it's not completely finished, like at least start those conversations because then at least I get to hear, it's actually really cool to be able to hear the music start from one place and kind of see where it ends up. It's like, you know, we don't have to start working together at that point, but at least I can put that space in my calendar if I think the record sounds cool, you know, yeah. or if I if I back the artist enough and I really want to do the project, well, all I need to know is, you know, I kind of back, you know, I've heard a piece of the music, it sounds great, and I'm, I'm putting it in my calendar and just keep me posted when you have the finished product, you know? Mm. Um, that's, I think that's the move because then you can kind of, first off, people are booking out. I, you know, I book out probably four to six months out. Wow. So it's like, if you're hitting me up for a release, you know, five, four months from now, it might not, I might not be able to do it. Like, wow. it just depends. So you don't, you know, people definitely fill their calendars like that because if you know you've got something coming and you know you want someone to work on it, then sometimes it's smart to just hit them up as soon as you know that and yeah. just say, hey, this is, especially if it's a well-known artist and it's not a new thing, you can say, oh yeah, I, we want to work with you on this. We'll send you the music as soon as it's ready, whatever, whatever. Then I, I can at least kind of put it in my calendar and hold it and know I'm getting that music at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or that that's something I'm going to work on later. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's super important. This has been great. I think this whole conversation uh, for me, I've learned a lot, and I think that it's, <laughs> I think it's really helpful. I think it, like if you're a label and you're going to do things on your own, there's this is helpful. If you are if you're looking to hire a publicist, I I think this is helpful. I'm gonna we'll hear from people, I'm sure, but uh, I just um, this has been so great. Thank you for doing this. It's been tons yeah, of, of fun. I wanted yeah. to I wanted to let our listeners know about something super exciting that. Other record labels has been developing a course for indie record labels. This has been something in the works for many, many months now, but it focuses mainly on the topic of marketing and promoting your releases, kind of what we're talking about today. Jamie teaches uh, a module in it, which is incredibly insightful. And uh, this is a huge preview in a way, but like, yeah, pretty much, yeah. you know, on, on how to build your own release campaign from scratch. I'm super excited for everyone to hear it. This, Course is coming out next week if you're listening to this in real time. Otherwise, you can go to otherrecordlabels.com to find out more. Um, the the module that you do is very in-depth and it's like a how-to on how to make a DIY press campaign. Inevitably, like we talked about, a lot of small labels have to manage their own campaigns, at least in the early years. Uh, like just kind of overarching what advice do you have for us who can't yet budget uh, a publicist? And so we're kind of embarking on, on doing it ourselves. Um, Figure out who your people are. (laughs) Like take time, use your social media and identify who your community is and who the writers are and the publicists and Mm. the podcast, like find out what, who are the people that like the kind of stuff that you do. Um, that's something you can do in your free time when you're just sitting on the couch on your social media anyway. Like just dig yeah. around and figure out who your community is and 
you know, participate in it, be a part of it, like make yourself one of those people, you know, um, as a label, you can have social media and you can interact with people and you have a, you know, cement yourself in that scene that you want to be a part of and do that on your own. And that can already get you some help, you know? And like, then when you, you know, once you know your people and you know your community, you can reach out to them on your own and you can try to get them listening to your stuff or just aware that you exist, you know? Um, that that's huge. And just, if you can't afford to bring in somebody yet, first off, there's plenty of people you can hire that do really low, low, low budget campaigns. They're not the best in the game, but they're good. They're good at what they do. If you really want to go that route, they're out there. Otherwise I would say, take it into your own hands and, you know, build your community out and start reaching out to just start it, just start cold (laughs) hitting people up and just introduce yourself. If you really started this as a, thing that you know if you really start a label and you genuinely care and you're passionate about what you're doing then you're gonna want to tell people about it yeah so do that (laughs) you don't you don't if you can't afford someone to do it for you do it yourself and when you you finally feel like you've hit that that breaking point that's when you can hire somebody but start reaching out to people left and right and introduce yourself and tell them what you're doing and why you think they'd like it and just go that route and you're going to eventually start picking up some people no question in the Um, that in the course you talk about um, creating timelines and building social media plan. But mm-hmm. you, you talk about content inventory, which I thought was super <laughs> smart. I love that idea to mm-hmm. just kind of, and for, you know, you said a couple seconds ago, sit back and determine who your audience is, determine who your team is. Um, yeah. But this idea of content inventory, I, th- I think is kind of cool. Can you explain yeah. that a little bit? Sure. Um, it's just like a phrase I came up with. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, it basically just means like, you know what you have to work with before you start planning stuff out, like do an inventory of, okay, I've got one music video. I've got two lyric videos. I'm going to have these photos, this, that, and the other, like look at what you have to be beside. You have obviously singles. They count as content, you know, but you know, beyond just the music, what else do you have to work with? And if, you know, once you can do that inventory, you'll see what you have and then you can sort of, then you plot it out and then you can build the timeline and then you can start figuring out how you want each thing to be used. But to, you know, it's important to do that early because sometimes you'll do that and you're like, fuck, we only got like two things, you know, we don't have a lot. You <laughs> right. know, you'll realize pretty quickly, like if you need to make more stuff and come up with more stuff, or if you've got plenty that'll carry, you know, I've got a couple of records right now where when we sit down and when we do that, it's like, okay, we've got the next year figured out, mm. you know, like there's so, and you don't have to have it already yet. It doesn't mean that it's done. It means that I know what's coming. I'm, this is the piece that we're creating for this. And this is what we're doing for that. And you, you can kind of see the the road ahead of you a little bit. And that's when, once you know what you've got, then you can kind of plot out strategically, what's the right way to go about this? You know, what mm-hmm. order should I do these things in? What's the purpose of putting this out at this time? And you can really kind of plot the campaign from there. Mm-hmm. But just the idea like, sitting down and consciously typing out or writing out what you have to work with. Before you start working, especially if you're going to reach out to publicists, have that ready for them and say, here's what we have coming up. You know, here's what's in our, our pocket and we're there for you to play with. You know what I mean? This is what you're going to have to work with. Like do that early and like know what you're going to have in, you know, it'll either tell you that you've got plenty and it's time to start strategizing how it comes out or it'll tell you, you need to work a little harder. That's that's great. Jamie, you're a genius. Thank you for doing this episode. (laughs) Well, I'm not, but I appreciate that very much. (laughs) And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love what you've built here and 
if anybody has any other questions or wants to talk to me about stuff, I'm pretty easily easy to find online. Yes. Um, and yeah, just hit me up, knowyearbuds.com. And yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening. You can find out more about Jamie and her incredible work and you can hire her at noearbuds.com. I hope you found this interview helpful. Speaking of helpful, make sure you're signed up to our mailing list, which you can hop on at otherrecordlabels.com. The special announcements that I want announcement that I wanted to share with you today is launching next week and if you're listening to this in real time then it's next week it's it's uh september 29th um when we're launching an online course this is a course that we've built it actually includes a module with jamie um and uh, uh, she teaches a module on how to build a release plan from scratch it is so good it is so valuable um I, I can't get into all the details. I'm going to give you everything next week uh, on our email list as well as uh, a special episode on the show. But we're launching an online course. There's so many questions that have poured in. I've connected with a lot of you guys over the past year or two, and I've been doing surveys and I've been uh, DMing with you and, and, and asking you certain questions and the questions that I've been getting have all been hovering around the topic of marketing and marketing for indie record labels, how to promote your releases, how to promote a release after release date, how to build a work back schedule and a release plan. Um, these are all things that we decided to tackle in this course. It comes out next week. I'm so excited for you to check it out. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a subscriber. Have a great week.